the family of a local teenager says she never would have left home without calling. It's praying for the best. I want my daughter home, man. And if she can't come home, I just want to know where she's at. These posters around the towns of Livermore and Jay beg anyone with information to come forward. Posters that Richard puts up every spring, never losing hope. arrest in a nearly four-decade-old cold case. Thanks to cutting-edge DNA technology, the arrest happening exactly 39 years to the day. When Parabon Nanolabs used that sample to create 3D models of the suspected killer's face. It's heartbreaking. We miss her, and we're going to find her. We're going to keep looking until we do. It's like a never-ending nightmare. It doesn't end. It keeps returning and coming back. And we're live. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and for everyone watching back as a, as a recording. Yes, thank you. So tonight we're joined by Jennifer Santanello. She is the mother of Layla Santanello, who went missing June 27th, 2023, from Kingsport, Tennessee. Hello, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I know it's been a, a rough, I was going to say almost a year, but it's not even a year yet. It's been what no. eight months eight, almost uh, eight months so jennifer if you could please uh tell us a little bit about layla who she <sighs> is and um how she was as a child growing up uh, just if you could give us a little background about layla yeah um she's a leo she was born august 2nd 2002 her dad and I were pretty young. I was 20. He was 21. We didn't last but a few more months together um, before we separated. And I lived with my parents and Layla for the first two and a half, through almost three years of her life. Um, and then I moved to Florida. We moved to Florida together. Um, and we didn't much care for Florida. <laughs> um, I, I was with my boy's father down there and, you know, we were just getting ready to have another baby and all that fun stuff. And right after my oldest son was born, his family started moving this way and, uh, and really like to Virginia, like Abingdon area. Um, and I was like, listen, we're either going to go back to New Jersey <laughs> where my family is or we're going to wherever your family is because I'm not raising these kids without family, I'm not doing all that. So mm -hmm. we ended up in Northeast Tennessee. He got a job at Kingsport Fire Department as a firefighter. And we have lived here. We've been in Kingsport for 15, almost 16 years now. Um, and we've been in Tennessee for about 18. Layla growing up was, she was a handful. She was a willful child. She knew what she wanted. She, she was a boss. She, she knew what she wanted and how to get it. And uh, you couldn't say no to her. She was charismatic and energetic and she just had this light about her that was both beautiful and demanding. Um, she struggled a bit in school. She had ADD and she was dyslexic. And of course, none of that was any fun having to maneuver all of that. And these days they don't count dyslexia as a learning disability anymore. Did y'all know that? Wow. No. <laughs> they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't give her like the support and services just based on dyslexia. The ADHD was what like got us an IEP and like got her on track and all that fun stuff. Um, oh, Lord. She is a incredibly creative human being. She was never book smart, but always street smart. She has the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. And I always would encourage her, you know, to write songs and sing. And I wanted to do singing lessons and all that fun stuff. But she shied away from it. And I'm, I'll never understand why. 
Um, she loved to draw. She loved to paint. Um, as a teenager, she was rather rebellious. She there was when she was sixteen. I think was the hardest hardest year we had. Um, she just was angry at the world. There was a lot going on family-wise, and she just was mad at the world, and she used to just take off on us. Oh, and BJ and I would be up all night chasing her around. Um, but after that year, things sort of started to settle, and she sort of started to come around, and we sort of started to grow together again, and things got better. Um, COVID happened and then my dad got sick. Now, mind you, my parents helped me raise Layla mm -hmm. and she and my dad were super, super close. And my dad and I are super, super close. And he got very, very sick, very, very quickly, not with COVID. And we don't know what exactly was wrong with him. Um, but he just wasted away in a, in a matter of a year. And we just watched him lose 100 pounds and his circulation was bad. He was freezing all the time. Like it was just, we were in and out of the hospital. It just got crazy. And Nova Grace was born in April of 2021. When she was three months old, we planned a trip to take Layla and Nova Grace to New Jersey to show her off to Layla's dad's side of the family. And while we were there, my dad passed, shockingly. Yeah. And this affected Layla and myself tremendously and deeply. And I feel like it was definitely a catalyst into the next several months it was it was a horrible the way that it happened like all of it it was just really bad she's a new mom right she's already struggling with postpartum depression three months after having a baby she loses her pop-up and she just started to withdraw she was working a lot. I had Nova Grace a lot because she picked up like all these extra hours and things were just, she was just kind of avoiding her feelings and avoiding her grief and trying to like cover it up. You know what I'm saying? And October of that year, she and her boyfriend, Michael got together. Um, I remember this very clearly because she kind of disappeared for a week. I had the baby and she wasn't like, I mean, she would contact me, but like she was weird. It was weird. And at the end of that week, we had a little bit of an argument because I was like, I can't be having your baby for a whole week at a time, honey. Like you're, you're a mom now. You've got to step it up. Come on, let's do this. Um, and that's when she told me that she was dating this boy who she, we've known him since she was in elementary school they've known each other since elementary school i've known of him that long you know is, but is she's this him on me, the screen right now yeah okay um sometime in the next few weeks she tells me that the week that she kind of like was absent um she was helping him detox that is what she said to me right mm -hmm. and I was like, well, you know, that's great that he wants to be clean and, and be in recovery and all that fun stuff. But, you know, that's kind of dangerous. You guys are young. You have a baby. Like, I'm trying to, like, remind her that it's not the healthiest place to be while also trying to be supportive, which is a very hard thing to do. Um, and she started getting very, very defensive when it came to him. I couldn't give any kind of constructive criticism at all whatsoever, or she wouldn't speak to me for days. Um, it just got weird. And she started to withdraw in a way that I had never seen before from the whole family. And months go by, um, 
my mom bought her a trailer and put it and, and it was in the same trailer park that my mom was moving into and she and Michael and the baby moved in over there and we were all excited because the family was close together and Layla needed anything. Mom was right down the street and all this stuff. And Michael was working at the time and everything seemed fine. Um, until he stopped working and they stopped paying their bills. And eventually What was he doing for work at that time? Construction construction work and what mm-hmm. where did she work you said she was putting a lot of hours she was working at a hotel and then i think whenever they moved into the trailer she had changed jobs and she was working part-time day shift cleaning a different hotel it wasn't as many hours at all as like the last job was um but you know at first everything seemed fine but then things started to sort of come apart as we were watching and they ended up being evicted for a lack of lot rent oh in october of a lot not not last year 2022 yeah 22, yeah 2022 and at that point i had offered to let them stay with us because she she was in the process of like applying for housing a housing voucher and all that good stuff and i did offer them to stay with us but you know that he so one of you has to work I don't, I don't care which one it is. One of you has to work. The other one can take care of the baby. That's fine. But somebody's got to work. You don't have to pay any rent, but somebody's got to work. You guys got to have, you got to have some type of constructive something going on to right. which they, they weren't happy about that at all. And so Layla came to me and said, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to go stay with Michael and his mom's. Um, can Nova stay with you until we get the apartment situation situated? absolutely that's fine um christmas rolls around and by this time i'm noticing she's lost a lot of weight and whenever we spend time together and we eat she gets sick like immediately after eating so at first i'm like okay are you pregnant and she had an iud so i was like if you're pregnant it's an ectopic like we have to go to the doctor da, da, da. and she's like no 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 i'm not you know i know i'm not pregnant don't worry that's not that's not it i don't know what's wrong my stomach da, da, da. and i have like gi tract issues so i'm like okay you know you need to see a doctor you need to see a gi specialist find out what's going on months go by she's getting smaller she's getting more and more withdrawn and I asked a couple of her friends and a couple of my family members who I thought might be more aware than me, you know, like, what are they doing? Are they taking pills? Are they like, something's not right. Right. To which I would get like, oh, you know, she'll take his annex every, every now and then to sleep. Don't worry. She's fine. Hmm. Mind you, my daughter was always anti substances. Like, she lost friends over the fact that they were like dabbling or experimenting or whatever. Like she would just walk away from people if that's what they were into. So I'm like really not expecting, but I'm getting, I'm getting mom spidey set senses, I guess. Right. And I'm just like, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I know that when you, when you have a partner, who is an active addict and you're living in a home where there are possibly other active addicts, it becomes something that you see every day and you kind of get desensitized to it. And then the next thing you know, you're in it. Yeah, it becomes okay for you. Right. Like, oh, well, they're (laughs) doing it. I can try and it'll be fine. And da, 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 da. Um, And then in February of last year, he got arrested and they put Layla out of his mother's house. And for the first few nights, she didn't say she wanted to come stay here. Um, <laughs> she said she was fine and she was staying with friends. Okay, fine. So a few days go by, he gets released. And then get a phone call at like six o'clock in the morning. She's crying. She's like, I haven't had any sleep. This place we're staying, these people are up all night and they're screaming and yelling at each other all the time. And I'm filthy and I'm hungry. I just need a shower. Blah, 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 blah. So I was like, all right, where are you? I'll come get you. It's not a problem. I bring them home. They slept for like 12 straight hours. They showered. They ate. They never cracked a smile. Neither of them. 
days go by, they're down in my basement or whatever. They're, they're, they're not spending a whole lot of time with Nova. It's like they're zombies. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? And at some point they had left and I had gone downstairs to get something, maybe a charger or something silly like that. And I found substances open in a low area where um, the baby could have very easily gotten to them. Oh my God, that's scary. Yeah. And so, you know, Layla and I had had a bit of an argument that night and I was like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, I just don't even know. She dumps everything and she's like, I'm, you know, whatever. It's fine. And I'm like, okay, it was late. We're all going to bed. We'll deal with this tomorrow. Whatever. The next day, the next morning, I'm making breakfast. And mm, the ba- I saw, see the baby go out of the corner of my eye down the steps. And I'm like, hmm, I don't feel right about that. I need to go down there. She doesn't need to be down. Like, I just had a feeling. And I went down there. And again, same thing. Right where she could touch them. She was inches from it. I snatched her up, ran upstairs, took my kids to school, sent the baby off with uh, Opie, my boyfriend, and sat upstairs and waited for Layla to come up. About an hour later, she came up, and I didn't yell, and I didn't scream. I mostly cried. Um, I was like, what? You know, like, I just don't understand, like, why you would do this to yourself. But now that you're here... What are we going to do? How can I help you? You know, I can help you guys detox. You can stay right there in the basement. I'll take care of you. I can find a program. I can find somewhere for you both to go and detox. And we sat there for hours. I mean, hours talking and going over things and coming up with different ideas and different plans and different things that we could do. And at the end of it, she was like, I can't do it right now. As soon as I get my apartment, Michael and I will do it. You know, we'll we'll help each other. And I was like, it doesn't work that way. But anyway, at that point, she had made it very clear that she wasn't going to stop. So I couldn't keep her here. Um, right. You know, she always knew that she could come and eat or shower or be here for a while. But she couldn't physically stay here while doing what she was doing. It, it was, right. I have other kids here. Nova Grace is here. Like, it's a dangerous situation. And she seemed to be fine with that. Um, so now I'm having to accept that my daughter has this problem that probably started a few months prior. And uh, I remember thinking, they're feeling very strongly that I was going to lose her. I just had all of this anxiety that I would just push to the back of my head because I would, you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. I will help her through it. She, she can't, she won't be like this forever. You know, like I, I realize that she's in these beginning stages of addiction. She's not going to listen to anything I say. She thinks she still has control. Like, right. And so I didn't do much of anything about anything because I didn't, I didn't want to push her away. If every, if every time you talk to your kid, all you're talking about is recovery, they're going to stop talking to you. I didn't want that. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. her to feel comfortable and not criticized, and not hated on. And so months go by and June, we had taken Nova, Nova Grace camping the weekend before all the craziness happened. I know because I sent picture camping pictures right before I got that text from Michael. So now at this point, I don't hear from Leila every day. I hear from her about every two or three days, right? 
Um, it's a Saturday night. Uh, I have a million teenagers in my house. And I get this weird message from Layla's account. And it's Michael. And this isn't weird. Like, they would often text me from each other's accounts. They were sharing a phone because back in February when he was arrested, they confiscated Layla's phone because he was using it and she had his phone back at the house or whatever. Um, and so they had been sharing his little pay as you go phone. And so I would often get like messages from him and on her account or messages from her on his. Um, so that part wasn't very strange, but he just said, you know, is she in, is Layla in jail? Which no, no context, nothing else. So I'm asking a million questions. Like what is going on? And uh, yeah, we call the jails. We call the hospitals. She's not in any of them. Um, and I eventually go to sleep at some point during the night. She must have checked her account and was like, Oh shit, mom's freaking out. Like, and I get, uh, I'm okay from her. I don't see that until the next morning early. It's like six in the morning. And I'm like, Oh God, thank God. You know? So I start texting. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like you had me so worried. Are you okay? Why did he think you were in jail? And she's being very short with her responses. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to pray too much because he has access to this account. And if she just doesn't want to be near him, I should give her that option. Um, mm -hmm. And so the last things we said to each other was, I love you. And she said, I love you even more. 24 hours later, and because I, I don't even think anything of it after that, you know, I'm figuring she's going to call me in a few days and tell me whatever's going on, you know, herself. Uh, 24 hours later, I'm getting messages from her account, but they're Michael again. And this time it's like, do you know all the terrible things that could happen to her? And, you know, I, I know people who are sitting in jail right now because somebody OD'd and they threw their body in the river and just like what? really trying hard to like freak me out. Like, and I just feel like I'm being manipulated, right? I'm like, he just wants me to find her for him. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to help him find her if she doesn't want to be found. Like, oh, she's my baby. Right. I'm trying to protect her. So I don't say much, but apparently he had also been in contact with Layla's biological dad in New Jersey and was working that manipulation and had him all in a tizzy. So that night, George and I speak and we're like, okay, like, what do we do? Do we call it in now? Should we wait? It hadn't been a full 48 hours. I don't know what the laws are here or how they deal with that kind of thing here. I said, listen, give her, give her until morning. If she doesn't call by 8 a.m. tomorrow, we will call it in together, you and me. Um, but apparently he, he didn't want to wait for whatever reason. Um, and sometime around midnight, he went ahead and he called it in. And they began an investigation in the middle of the night on June 27th. But she wasn't so, even missing yet. <laughs> so um, to go back to those text messages, do you believe that was her that was texting you? Yes. And I know now, because like, at first I was like, I didn't know. And it was driving me absolutely crazy. And I stayed on authorities. Like I need to know if that was in fact her, I need to know. And it took months, but finally they got back to me and in order for it to have been him, he would have had to leave where he was, go across town, use someone else's device. They know what device was used. They know who that device belongs to. And they know that Layla was there that morning okay. with that that's, person. That's so, true. yeah, <clears throat> you'd have to do a lot. Like they were like, it's 95 percent. Right. Because technically he could have done all of this wheeling and dealing, running around crap. But um, it's unlikely. Um, so, yeah. Yes. Messages were from her. So now. 
the first thing that detectives do is go to where Layla was living, which is Michael's mother's house, and interview everyone there. And everyone was compliant. It's the middle of the night even, and the detectives are there, like, you know, and everyone was compliant. Everyone, you know, did what they had to do for them. Um, the next day, I had been able to track Layla's movements from Friday Saturday, Sunday, I lost her Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, so that information was given to the authorities. They started, you know, from Friday night and worked their way over. And by Tuesday afternoon, they knew that she was at the AmeriCorps Hotel on Monday night. So whenever that stuff was getting called in, she was at the AmeriCorps Hotel. She was alive. There were witnesses that saw her. Um, apparently she had taken off from, she was visiting someone. She didn't have a room there. She was, cause it's like an extended stay or people mm -hmm. like live there. Like she was visiting someone who lived much. there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at some point she just like took off into the woods. She, she had left and then couldn't figure out what room she was supposed to be in. And was knocking on a bunch of different doors. And when she couldn't find her people, she just like ran off into the woods. Where we believe, authorities believe, she spent the night. Because there were witnesses the next morning that saw her like get up out of the woods and come across the field. She was asking for a cigarette from the, the there's like a warehouse back there. People were coming into work. She got up, went and asked, you know, let me bum a cigarette from one of these working guys. Nobody had one, and she walked away. There's another witness sighting a few hours later at the Marble Slab Creamery. Um, barefoot. She, you know, she didn't have any of her stuff with her. Whether she didn't have her stuff at when she was at the AmeriCorps or whether she might have left it in the room. You know what I'm saying? That she was like, I don't know. She was barefoot, wearing black leggings, white tank top. She didn't have anything else with her. No cell phone, no none of that stuff. So, yeah. Did Person matching that description was seen that, that morning on the 28th. No, that's the 20, 20, morning of the 27th. And then again in the afternoon of the 27th in a similar area. Did the people that she was with at the hotel, did they describe like her state of mind when she left and took off into the woods? Um, do we know if she, yeah, had... but I'm not at liberty to say. Okay. Yeah. So this on the screen here, this is that ice cream place, right? I believe so. Right. So I'm looking. Back... yeah. And this is like I'm assuming this looks like a, a walking trail beside the That is the green belt. Area. That's our big walking trail that goes from one end of town to the other. Okay. Yeah, this yeah, this it, looks like it, it follows the river? Is that what it does? Or? Yes, yes. It will follow a branch of the river. Yeah. That's pretty quite lengthy. Yep. So she's seen at the the creamery, I believe. I read that. Uh, yeah, around noon. Some, some ice mm -hmm. cream, and she was barefooted. Yep, uh, freaking she... out. Uh, from what I understand, she told the person at the creamery that she was hiding from her boyfriend, her husband. She used the word husband. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. After that, we lose her completely. We've done all of these searches. So many searches have been done in this area that you're showing right now. We've come up with absolutely nothing. Um, at this point, I have to believe that someone picked her up. Why that someone isn't coming forward or speaking on it. Uh, but of course, that's my own speculation. I don't know that for a fact. I just she couldn't get right. that far on foot barefoot. And she's not in those woods. And it's, yeah, it's so, so that that little wooded area is. I mean, it would take a bit of time to search that, but it's it's not really that big. No, and it's been it's been searched by authorities several times. It's been searched by other search and rescue teams that have come in. It's been like volunteers are always in there, like looking 
it, it's constantly being searched. It's been searched with drones and they have like new fancy drones that like search for decomposition and like all different. I don't know. It's weird layers, something about layers, I, technology that I don't quite understand, but <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what has been Michael's response to all of this? Is he-, he was hardcore looking for her the first several yeah. weeks. I'm not going to lie. He was, uh, he was like right behind or in front of authorities every step of the way, the first few weeks. Like, okay. yeah, like he really was like, for instance, Tuesday, we believed she was still at the AmeriCorps. We didn't find out about the, the witnesses seeing her on Tuesday morning and Tuesday afternoon for another three or four weeks. So we thought she was holed up at the AmeriCorps with somebody and so did authorities at first. Um, and we knew like what room number it was and all of this. So the next day, Wednesday, I sent like my ex-boyfriend and some of his friends up to the AmeriCorps and I was like, go get my kid back, please. Like this is getting ridiculous. It's like, getting out of hand. So he drove up there and they, they went and they knocked on the door. Nobody came to the door and while they were banging on the door and like trying to like find her, Michael and some of his friends came, like popped him up from her up like behind. I don't know. They were staking the place out too, is what it looked like. Um, and so they kind of joined forces that day and spent the rest of the day walking up and down the green belt, asking people. Now these witness statements, the ones, both witness the, the one in the morning and the one in the afternoon came from Michael. He is the one who gave us that information. I didn't believe him. I was like, you're being ridiculous. Like, you're out of your mind. I didn't believe any of it. But whenever he told authorities, they went and they checked it all out. And it all checked out, which I was, like, completely mind blown over. I was like, she went to the Marble 7 and ate ice cream? Like, that's crazy. You're not making sense. (laughs) Like, it didn't make any sense to me. But Mm -hmm. anyway... Now, that employee just said that she was going to go across the street to get something She mentioned shoes. going to get, yeah, she mentioned trying to go, go across the street and try and get some sandals or something cheap that she could put on her feet. But she never made it to the to the Dollar General or the nope. Five and Below. So what about um, the cameras in the area? Did they pick up anything? Like, they must have seen well, her leave the ice cream shop. Think, <coughs> there, aren't, there aren't any cameras in that parking lot. At all. I'm not kidding. There are cameras across the street. There are cameras inside the stores, but and I it's been speculated. Yeah. It's been speculated that they don't those stores in particular don't keep cameras on their parking lots because they don't want to be liable to have to give authorities stuff when stuff happens does that make sense no because that's it, actually it, it, what i do for a living <laughs> yeah i get it it, it makes sense it's not right but it it's makes not sense. right but they don't want to be but i mean it's because it's ross how often do you hear about someone who nearly got kidnapped at a ross it's always at a ross i, I can't tell you is. how many stories a ross it's like um ah it's like off-brand everything it's like it's like marshall's but like cheaper it's cheaper than marshall's okay. right so we've the, got a ross and a tj maxx right there yes and so all like all the tiktok videos that i've ever seen of somebody complaining that like i almost my, my daughter almost got stolen i almost got stolen it's always outside of us like for real because i swear it's because people know there's no cameras that's bizarre Holy so cow. You have a couple comments I'd like to get through here. They've been yeah. piling up a little bit. Okay. But, um, Christina said, been so happy I got you uh, guys together to do this. I'm so excited to be able to watch this. Thank you, Christina. Um, Nicole, as a mother, this is terrifying. Thank you, Jennifer, for, for being brave and sharing your story. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And Danielle, uh, so, so, so sad, so hard for affected others to support their loved ones. Yes. And I wanted to say, like, it seemed like you handled your daughter's addiction issues very well like that was impeccable you weren't trying to push like it seems like in my opinion you did a very very good job with that um 
I really uh, just didn't want to chase her away. That oh, was my biggest fear was right, that she right. would just, cause she had just gotten so separate from us already. And it was, there was so much distance between us already at that point. Like I would have, would have killed me to have her just go off and whatever. But now here we are anyway. Um, Donna, this is so hard to go through. Um, Danielle, yes, uh, talking about dumping people earlier. They dump people when they panic. That's why we have good Samaritan laws in Maine. Uh, she had that for uh, Ann Perkins there, the case we covered a few, few months ago. Uh, another Daniel, I'm so, so sorry, Mama, for your pain. And uh, Christina also, uh, who has Nova now, and she's I living do. with you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry it took so um, long to get through this comment, to get to those. How, how old is Nova at this point? She'll be three in April. So does she ask questions about Mom? Not... Not directly. I've got a lot of pictures of her up, and she wants to be picked up, and, like, she wants to look at the pictures all the time. She doesn't ask where's mom yet. Um, I'm terrified of what what's going to happen the day she does. Because I don't, you know, how do you explain something like this to a two, three-year-old kid? Um, right. It's like opening the wounds all over again, too, right? Yeah. And she, I mean, she loves her mama. The last time they saw each other, I remember she threw a fit. Oh, she threw the biggest fit when I had to take her home. And I, I think about that now, and it just breaks my heart. Like, those were their last moments together. Oh. And it uh, beats me up a little bit. I would like to say something about the Good Samaritan Law. Yeah. We used to have, we, we have one of those in Tennessee. Um, but a few years back, they changed it and they made it so that in the case of either fentanyl or heroin, you can still be charged with second degree murder, even if you call or take a person to the hospital or Narcan them and then call it like whatever, really you can still gosh. be liable. And because like of this people. new law, lots of people are dying of overdoses and then being hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just seems like like an excuse to abandon someone. Like, yeah, well, it's, it's giving them like a good reason to abandon them. Right, it's crazy. Right. Oh my like word. you're incentivizing it. Yeah. Because if I, you're going to go to jail either way, why not hide the person and try and give yourself a few more months of freedom yourself. or whatever? Right. Like, right. Work on an alibi. Jesus. It's crazy. Is now I looked it up the the population. Uh, of Kingsport, it's about fifty-five thousand. Is that? Is it a? Is there a real bad like drug problem in Kingsport? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, I was going to ask if it was a fairly safe area. Um, I don't. It's not like unsafe <laughs> as far as like gang shootings and stuff like that. But it is. We have a lot of addicts. We've got a lot of addicted peoples here. Um, yeah. It's. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And it was it was pills and then it was like bath salts and stuff. And now it's fentanyl. And fentanyl is the most deadly of any of those things. And it's killing yeah. people left, right, and it's, center. It's it's all over it's the everywhere. place too. Even, even, yeah. even the town that I grew up in, I mean the population I don't think is over probably two thousand and we have like a real bad heroin and fentanyl problem. It's yeah ridiculous. Uh, we do have another comment here from Risa Kuto. I'm a supporter. I'm a supporter of Layla since the beginning. Pray every day for her. Jen is such a strong mama. We won't stop till we get answers. Thank you for that, Risa. Love you, girl. <coughs> um, I should mention also um, what you you're doing for your daughter, and that I've never seen anyone else do what you do as far as um, the TikTok video type style that you're posting in the and the feeds and stuff um because you know that a lot of people watch those 30 second videos because it gets grabs their attention or whatever and that's something mm-hmm. you've done and, and and i read that about you that you are trying to grab people's attention and it's a good way to do it just do a quick yeah. video talk about yes. your daughter and, i i'll even do like the silly trends and stuff and just apply it to my missing daughter some way or another yeah so kudos to you because i think you'll see a lot more people do that type of stuff because it does grab people's attention it kind of um, makes people pay attention, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. There was a little girl who went missing um, out of, oh, where was it? Was it Washington State? And her, uh, it wasn't an aunt. It was a, her godmother got on TikTok and made a bunch of videos and that got everybody paying attention. It was, it was awesome. Wow. So you're going to, you are going to see a lot more of that. Um, yeah. Work with, work with the tools that you have that are, that are effective these days. Right. And that's absolutely definitely one of them. Ella Jones. Risa says, yes, mm-hmm. it was Ella Jones. They found her. She's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Risa. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> awesome. That's good to hear. Um, so there's another young lady that disappeared from the same area as Layla. Um, and I know you, you kind of have been talking to her family as well. Um, are you able to talk a little bit about Holland? Yes, absolutely. Um, Helen is 19 years old. She's just a tiny thing, very much like Layla. And the similarities in their makeup and their builds and stuff was like what caught my attention immediately. They're both not even five feet tall. They're both about 100 pounds. They're both young, 19 and 20. Like Layla was only 20 when she went missing. She turned 21 after that. Um, and it just really like grabbed me. And then I found out that they were really running in a lot of the same circles. Holland was really? also struggling with substances and they knew a lot of the same people. Wow. Um, so have you talked to Holly Holland's I, I want to say Holly Lynn and I know that's not right. I know Holland. everybody wants to say it like that. <laughs> spoken to Holland's parents about it and did she ever meant ever talk about your daughter's disappearance maybe uh, before she disappeared? Yeah. Uh, well, did, hmm, did Holland? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if Helen even knew Layla was missing. I don't know if they knew each other personally. I just know that they knew a lot of the same people. Yeah. Over now, that. could they have met in passing here and there? Sure, absolutely. But I, I can't know that for <laughs> certainty. Um, yeah, Helen's family is have... pretty... Go ahead. Sometimes there's a case going on, and and uh, like I can think of a case here in Maine where this this girl is murdered in Maine, and then a friend of hers tells his parents that he knows who did it, and then all of a sudden he disappears. So I was oh wow, yeah, I get what you're saying. Ooh, I hadn't even thought of that. Wow. The the, the social circle thing brings up new questions altogether. Too, yeah. Right? Like. If they did have acquaintances, similar acquaintances, like are you, maybe are you still talking to Mike? More there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh no, no you're good. Are you still talking to Mike at all? I was trying to. Um, he's not real happy with me right now. I'm sure he's not. I'm, I tried to stay connected as much um, as I could, but there's just so much that had gone on since Layla's disappearance that I just I couldn't do it anymore. So what are the police saying at this point? Um, do they think that she walked across the street, got into the woods, and got lost and didn't come back out? Or do they think that she was picked up? Do they think that somebody knows something? They don't really share their current working theories with us. Um, in the state of Tennessee, it's technically against the law for them to share that kind of information with anyone who isn't law enforcement. And initially they were happy to share whatever they knew with us and then as soon as it turned into um a missing and endangered young adult situation and they decided that they think maybe foul play etc etc they clammed up they don't give us a lot anymore um it's it's very frustrating on the one hand and on the other hand i don't know how well I would handle knowing the working theory and as it changes and you know what I mean? Cause they could start okay. with one working theory and six months later, it's a completely different thing. And I don't know that my heart could handle, you know what I'm saying? Right. The quite a roller coaster. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Oh, I get that. Do you, do you get the feeling that they're taking it seriously though? Yes, I do okay. very much. That's, so like that's, that's, that's important. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, you know, I've heard a lot of negative stuff about like KPD, and I can't vouch for the entire department. I say that all the time. 
I cannot vouch for the whole department. The investigators assigned to this case really do care and they really are doing everything they possibly can. I do believe that to my core. We love to hear that. Love yeah. to hear that. Quite often it's it's the exact opposite. Um, yeah. But you have to also remember to to keep up the pressure on them too, because that oh, yeah. becomes that that can be a thing too that you know people say at first it seems like they're doing really well, and then eventually they, you know, they seem to stop paying as much attention, and it turns into a, a whole different world, right? But yeah, definitely seems mm-hmm. like you're not letting up the pressure at all. So no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, and <laughs> you know, and I I talk about this quite often as well, but. When Layla was little, we were still living in New Jersey. There was a little girl who went missing. And I remember watching interviews and things like that of her mom. Her mom was doing all these interviews and showing up. And and regardless of whether she was hysterical, like, she was showing up. And I remember thinking, like, if that ever happened to me, you'd have to put me in a rubber room. I'd be in the bed. I wouldn't be able to function. I wouldn't be able to do interviews. I wouldn't be able. And so for the first several weeks, I kind of laid low and let other family members kind of take the lead on sharing. And then I got to a point where I was like, people want to hear from me because I am her mother. And if I don't get loud now, it's all going to disappear. No one's going to pay any attention. And so I just had to fight my way through all the fear and anxiety and worry about putting myself out there because it it's not about me. Right. It's about her. Absolutely. Yeah. Very well said. Um, and obviously we're here to talk about Layla, but with Holland's case, do you know what the circumstances were with that? With the, um, I know a little bit of the details and I've been pretty quiet about it because I was waiting for the family to talk about it first. And they recently did an interview where they did. Um, according to witnesses and people that I have talked to that were kind of around right around the time Holland disappeared, um, there was a man who she was sort of saddled up with. And then it's at another point, someone saw her and she looked like she had been real badly beat up. Um, And then she disappeared. So knowing that there's a couple different things that you can, you know, is it connected to Layla? And maybe you're right. Maybe she knew something who, who knows? It's crazy. I I hadn't even thought of that. until just this moment well that that's the thing right is is maybe the person that she might have gotten attacked by there might have said something in front of her and right or confessed something and then went oh crap right not trying to sling accusations but i mean there's a lot there's 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 a lot to speculate there, there is there's an awful lot to speculate there um, and I yeah. wonder if, if Mike knew Holland too. Uh, that I don't know. That I have no idea. That's just crazy. Two young ladies, approximately the same age, within a year or two, go mm-hmm. missing within, well, she was in October, right? So, yeah. And, and it's it's weird, en- it's weird enough, right? If they, if two girls just disappear within a very short period of time, but also to have similar acquaintances like that. Yeah. That, that deserves a lot more scrutiny and hopefully the police are, are looking in, into it. Oh yeah. From what I understand um, now, KPD is handling Layla's case because her stuff all happened within the city limits, but Holland's case is being handled by Sullivan County because her stuff kind of happened outside city limits. Um, I do know that the two talk to each other and deal with each other and all that fun stuff. But again, they, they don't let us in on what exactly they're thinking and all that good stuff. Right. So when was the last search in the area for Layla? Oh, the last big search was November 11th. I'm pretty sure that was the last big one. I know a few small groups have gone out since then, um, but, you know, 
<clears throat> nothing I'm, has been i'm not i'm not real familiar with like the temperatures and stuff in in tennessee but do, do you guys get snow down there at all we got snow this year we hadn't gotten very much snow in the last few years but we did get like a whole week's worth of snow uh in january oh wow okay mm-hmm. we've had a really light year so you guys must have got ours i guess <laughs> yeah. i guess so <clears throat> i was just I wondering so. you said the last the last search was in november and here we are in yeah. february so I was, I was thinking in my head that i was still green grass down there or brown grass anyway and they could walk through and look but well no in november the you know the leaves had all fallen and so i was hoping that because there was a lot less brush and a lot less growth and all that but like something would come of that but so far no good well that, that's a problem with it with the leaves falling too is it could cover stuff as well right yes so, absolutely um, you guys had a uh, a march for awareness in December. How was the turnout for that? It was not great. I'm not gonna no. lie. It was just family for me and Holland. But I, we kind of threw it together last minute, and we didn't really um, advertise very well. We're talking about doing another in the end of March, and we're gonna advertise a lot better and get the word out. It was also very cold. It was December and windy and. It was it was a rough march, but we did it. Yeah, um, yeah we're gonna try that again, though. Yeah, well, that's, was, that's that's good. That's very. Important. How about the media coverage? Did you guys get any media coverage at local news? Local oh. news, yes. Local news is definitely covering it. Um, they've been really, really, really amazing. Good. Uh, what about the walk? They covered the walk as well. Yes, they sure did. Because I have to say, I organized a walk for uh, Tina Stadig, who disappeared from Skowhegan, Maine. I sent things out to everyone, and no one showed up. No, no. I'm so sorry. Like, really? No, we've gotten kind of close with our reporters, so that's, they show that's up. That's amazing. That's yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Is there anything else you want us to know about Layla or anything else you want to share with us before we go? Um, just that she's a big, huge, bright personality. Um, I was in school. I was in cosmetology school when she was in high school and she would she would walk downtown to visit me after she was let out of school and my um my buddies at the school or whatever used to call her um extra 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 because she's just so vibrant and just you can feel it the minute you walk into a room with that girl um so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a tiny little, super vibrant girl. And I would just like to add that, uh, <clears throat> you know, this is being handled by the Kingsport Police Department. So if anyone does have any information, uh, the phone number is uh, 423-229-9300 if anyone has any sort of information about this. <clears throat> At the end of the day, I fully believe that someone knows her exact location. Someone out there knows all of it. Um, and all we need is an anonymous phone call. Absolutely. Like, and, and sometimes people don't even realize they saw something, right? Oh, like, yeah. That one, one little tip that just cracks the case wide open. Yep. So real, real quick before we go, um, to go back to the search, they didn't find anything that they can tie into Layla. Is that true? Not that I know of. Again, they did find some clothing and like a, a big bag and like a couple other small items, but they couldn't do anything. It wasn't authorities. It was a separate search and rescue team. So the rule is that they flag it and give the coordinates to the authorities and the authorities go out and retrieve did, of course, so the authorities don't have to tell us whether it ties into anything or not. And so that's they, where we're at with that. Did it to you guys? Uh, I think you said your husband maybe had, or your ex-husband, I'm sorry, your ex-husband had, had that search done, or um, Layla's dad. And did they describe what they found? Like, Does it tie in with what <sighs> she's wearing? 
Well, they there was a pair of leggings found um, that could literally be anybody's. Um, and I think that they were like a size medium or a large. And she was tiny, tiny when she went missing. And then there was a tank top, but it ended up being more of like a men's wife beater type tank top. And Layla didn't wear stuff like that. She wore like thin spaghetti strappy type stuff. Um, but again, I'm sure everything got, you know, sent off and tested for DNA and all that fun stuff. And I just don't know what came of it. So, well, and, and your, in your heart of hearts, what do you think happened to Layla? Do you think that someone picked her up that day? I do. I think somebody picked her up and removed her from that area at the very least. At this point, I don't feel like she's anywhere near where she was last. Yeah. That's my gut instinct. That's my gut feeling. Um, but unfortunately without any more information, there's nowhere else to go and look. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say something hope... about Mike, but I won't. I was <laughs> we... going to ask if, if he has any landing or family land, uh, in the area that has been looked at by police. That I don't know. I don't, I have no I know, idea. Again. They, they're very vague with you guys, I know, and I apologize for... Yeah. I don't know. I know that, like, they did um, search his residence at one point. Nothing came of that that I know of, obviously. Again, if they did find something, they don't have to tell me. So... But Mike is not Nova's dad, right? No. Okay. But does he have any contact with Nova at all? Um, Nova's... Wait, does Michael or Nova's actual dad? Either one. I was, I was asked about Mike, but I was just wondering. No, no, I don't. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a sticky situation, and I just kind of feel like I need to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the only you thing know? that matters. So I don't, and I don't know what his mindset is. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to be cruel to the guy or anything, but like at the end of the day, he's not physically related to her and he was only in her life a very short amount of time. If if they had been together for five, six years and like Nova was really bonded to him, I would feel differently. But she is a yeah. baby and he wasn't around very, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so oh, I feel like it's just better for everyone if she has a clean break from him. That's just my personal thoughts on it. Uh, since you brought it up, does she have a relationship with her biological dad? Um, so it's fun to talk about him. He's oh, he's oh. not a bad oh. guy, but he's in he's currently in prison. Um, and up until he was moved out of county to go to prison, we were doing pretty regular video visits with him. Um but I haven't, I've yet to, to set it up. It's been a couple of months and I have yet to set it up at the present. I do need to get doing that um, mm-hmm. because I do feel like it's important for Nova to, to know him as a, as a person and as, you know, my biological father and all that fun stuff. Um, so I do try to like, I don't know. It's always been big for me to let anyone who wants to love a child, love a child. Right. Like, for instance, Layla's dad and I, we couldn't make it work, and I moved here, but I made a huge effort in making sure she knew his side of the family, making sure they knew her, making sure they got time and all that good stuff, because regardless of what he and I were going through, that that's not her problem, and that's not their problem, and kids deserve all the love they can get. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so if nobody has any of the questions, um, I guess I'll, I'll do it like we end a lot of them and a lot of people do this this type of crap, but if you ha- if you could reach Layla today and tell her one thing, what would it be? <sighs> I miss you, and I'm not going to stop. I'm never going to stop looking for you. and I think you do an amazing job and obviously even conversations with us like this tonight is hard because it's your child like I don't know how it is it is and you would think that over time have like saying the same story over and over like it would get easier but I feel like it gets harder 
Like it just, uh, it gets heavier. It's the craziest thing. You would think that I would get used to it, but. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Yeah. And you, you, you have to keep doing it though. Unfortunately, until until you get a resolution to it, but it seems like you're doing a damn good job. Thank you. I'm trying. And if there's anything we can do to help, uh, even if it's just, I mean, we'll constantly try to spread the word on Layla's case. And um, if you need anything, please reach out to us and we'll try to help you any way we can. Any updates, let us know or anything you want us to share. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get that shared out for you, especially your, your marches or any of that sort of stuff that you guys do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course, I, don't, I will do not it. Not sure if I can fly down there and do it, but right. <laughs> Jeff and I will walk around the circle and support it. There you go. <laughs> All thank right, you so much, Jennifer. Thank you, you for having me. Yes, thanks everyone think... for for tuning in. Okay, I guess bye All now. Right.